Okay, folks. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak lana bina Muhammad wa ala ali wa sahbihi ajma'een. Right, folks. We're trying to get something a little bit different in preparation for tomorrow. First of all, I need to know that you can see me and hear me clearly and whether you guys are happy with what you are hearing and seeing. Um, and we're looking at different kind of uh, lighting and different kind of options and all kinds of technical stuff. This isn't great. What's happening here? Fix this. Okay. Because I think there's a major problem with this here, you know. Come on. So what are we saying? What's the uh, quality saying? Better than normal or not or what or who? Yeah, the lighting has intentionally, with that, intentionally been um, reduced. Okay? Like, you know, for example, you know, little things like that. And, you know, all, all playing around with all this kind of stuff, man, all crazy kind of ideas. So, you know, I don't know. You see, on one screen here, it looks absolutely great. And that's the YouTube screen. On the portal, though, it looks absolutely, it looks, it, on, the, on the, well, not on the portal, I mean, on the, on the, on the TV, it looks, it looks, it looks rough. So I don't know about that. But it is, it is important that we get it right because I do want a very nice product. Have you got the other one recording, yeah? Right. Yeah, the face is looking dark. I know that. And that is, I think, um, uh, uh, whatever. The reason we're not standing back, uh, Shazad, yeah, is the bokeh uh, impact, the bokeh uh, look thing. It creates, uh, it allows it to focus more on, on a thing. Just to try to just, 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 just increase that a little bit. We'll take one or two minutes. No, no, as in, uh, let it come towards me a little bit. Let's see. No, no, don't do that. That's it. Do that. Just that's it. Okay. So just watch. Okay, what happens? Uh, actually, put the full light on so that they can realize how much light could work. There's so much light in this room. It will blow this whole flipping place up. Okay, it's the sun in here. And everyone is is obviously uh, you know playing around with 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 lighting and so on, like that one there. So just I, I, you know I appreciate you guys give me some feedback for the next few minutes, okay. Um, the by the way I don't think there's much bokeh at all. You know that very little bokeh. Um, Okay, they want me to stand back. Okay, chill. The thing is, is that if I do that, then you're just getting more focus on the books. Is is the books? Are the books still blurred? Are the books still blurred? Right. Anyway, this is this more lit up for you guys. Do you prefer this? That's better, huh? All right. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. I, at least at least the, the the useful thing is that these are not. This is not overexposed, because I'm not helping by wearing uh, uh, white. Anyway, let's go with this. Like I said, in the in the YouTube thingy on the computer, it looks absolutely brilliant. But when I'm looking at the TV, I think I'm seeing what you lot are seeing, which is a very dark kind of uh, background. Anyway, no, no, I'm not interested in starting a deal. You can you can just chill, mate. We're actually doing a lighting uh, program here. Anyway. I think that's all right. I think that's okay. The thing is, is that there are definitely some limitations. 
um there are some limitations i don't know why because on the youtube stream it looks really good and on the the recording camera it looks really good but on the stream over there it doesn't i'll prove this when i'll give you uh, when you see tomorrow's session the difference between the stream even in the lighting however much we set up the lighting the difference all right zach malahir for that folks um let's see how this goes this is not going to happen again by the way okay this is definitely not going to happen again First of all, directly added to the thingy. Not going to be worried too much about comments. More like an Al-Maghrib class though, in terms of the setup and trying to teach from the book as we normally would. All right. So we are in the section, which is... No, no, I'm not going to need to switch the comments off because I'm not going to be thinking. But what I want is someone to... Um, uh, Shaz or someone or whoever Just uh, just copy paste the notes uh, the, the English translation I don't want to go near the computer To, to look at the uh, thingy So the, the, the section that we're doing All the way up until laughing So we're at the bottom of page 360 In the Arabic commentary Of Sharh al-Mumti' Okay uh, But um, yeah thank you for that Adil I really appreciate that bro Yeah Someone uh, uh, paste the uh, note, notes. Uh, Shaz, where are you, man? Okay. So if one intentionally gives the salam before the completion of the prayer, it is invalidated. Good. All right. That's what we did just at the end of last week. And I'll repeat that just for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, but if it was done forgetfully, but one quickly realizes, one completes the prayer and prostrates. That's what we're going to be doing today. And if the time taken to realize is too long or one speaks about anything other than the prayer it is invalidated just like as if one did that during the prayer itself speaking a little in the interest of the prayer however doesn't invalidate it okay speaking a little in the interest of the prayer doesn't invalidate it we're gonna have a little discussion about that so let's just get to the uh the crux we ended last week's session with if a person gives salam before the prayer is complete then they did it intentionally Prayer is invalidated, it's game over And I think that's very straightforward for all of us to accept and understand And that's fine But what if he does it forgetfully? Now, when the author, Imam al-Hajjawi, says What if he does it forgetfully? It's actually a very general statement And Sheikh Uthameen is not satisfied He goes, it needs to be far more specific Because when you say that, you're including, for example Two different types of people Who would forgetfully give Or who would uh, give and it is, it is interpretation whether this is not specific enough or whether it's talking about something, or whether Imam al-Hajjawi didn't intend to go to that level of detail. But anyway, Imam al-Hajjawi's statement, if a person gives a salam by mistake, out of forgetfulness, then realizes, then he will complete the rest of the prayer and he still got the ability to then uh, make the prostration for forgetfulness and the prayer is valid. So that's the, 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 the learning point. Sheikh Uthameen says we need to have some nuance here. We need to have some nuance. So for example, as it stands, it doesn't differentiate between a person who thinks that the prayer is complete. So he thinks that the prayer is complete and he gives a salam. Versus a second type of person who gives salam, absolutely convinced that the prayer is finished. Now, the first one is kind of forgetfulness. The second one could be seen as forgetfulness. But in actual fact, it's still a mistake. 
So in a dhuhr prayer, for example, he gives salam after two raka'ah. Absolutely certain that the prayer is finished. Okay? Whilst he's praying Salatul Dhuhr with the rest of the people. I'm going to explain how that could happen. Right? How could he do that in a Dhuhr prayer after two, knowing, sure that the prayer is finished? Normally, you'd put him in the first category, which is a person who thinks that the prayer is finished. He got, forgot where he's at, forgot that it's two more. And so he, and so this statement at the moment, it kind of fudges over both. Or it's, 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 it's not fudges over, it's, it's slightly vague. Sheikh Uthameen says, um, that there's a difference between the two scenarios. So if a person, for example, um, gives the taslim, thinking that the prayer is over, thinking that the prayer is over, then that's what the author is referring to. That's the forgetfulness what the author is referring to. And as we mentioned last week, and as we're going to talk about today, as long as he remembers very quickly afterwards, then he can make up for it. It's not too late, basically. All right. Um, but the second, the, the the second scenario is where a person who has given the salam, yani, thinking that he's praying something else. Sounds crazy, but he's thinking he's praying something else. Now, that might happen uh, quite not quite regularly, but if it does happen, then it's probably going to happen. When you're praying uh, Asr like early and you're thinking it's Dhuhr, right? Or you're praying Dhuhr really, really late. Normally you'd pray at the beginning time, but you're praying it just before Asr starts. And because it's so close to Asr time and normally you would have prayed it at Dhuhr time early, early, you're actually thinking you're praying Asr. That's a more likely likelihood, yeah? A more likely scenario. But what about if a person does in the Dhuhr prayer, actually thinks that he's praying Fajr. Okay? And after two raka'ah, he gives the Taslim. Do you understand now? Okay? This person has given Taslim in the wrong place. He thinks he's praying Fajr. He's actually praying Dhuhr. And he gives the Taslim in the wrong place. But he did it, not out of forgetfulness, but a whole next level of forgetfulness. Because my guy all the time thought he was praying Fajr. Do you agree that these two cases are different? This is a person who was from the beginning flawed and messed up versus a person who actually thought he was praying Dhuhr and he messed up in Dhuhr. He forgot in Dhuhr. You get what I'm saying? And so that is the differentiation that Sheikh Uthameen wants to make. What do you think the consequence is going to be? What do you think the consequence is going to be for the second one, in your opinion? What do you think? So, is he able to make it up? Meaning, can he now stand up and do two more? Okay. And then do Sajda Sahum. Good. Well done, guys. Awesome. All right. You're all right. It's invalidated, cannot make it up, cannot yani, fix it because it was ruined from the first place. Intention was ruined from the first place. And that's just what Sheikh Uthami wants to bring attention to. He wants to make it clear that there's a big difference between a person who's absolutely convinced that this is, the, this is where you need to do the sajda versus a person who uh, made a mistake 
while still thinking that he's actually praying a different prayer. Okay. Two questions, by the way, now that we've been going on for about four or five minutes. The first question is, am I looking directly at you? That's the first question. Is there any doubt or can you tell that I'm not looking at you? That's the first question. Okay. So that's very good. Okay. That's a little trick that I'm going to maybe teach you all one day because I'm not looking at you at all. Just so that you, uh, uh, just so that you know. And it's so impressive, it's been mashallah. But by the way, it took so many hours to perfect this. All right. So uh <laughs> Zakaria, you're just a hater. Zakaria, you're just a full hater. That's all. All right. There's not a chance that you can tell that I'm looking just above you. Not a chance. Okay. And now you're really, really staring. And if you have to, if you have to stare that much, if you have to stare that much, okay, then alhamdulillah. All right. Uh, the second question is, is that we're trying out a new mic. How's this mic? How, what's this quality like? How you, how, you know, what, 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 what's, what's the, what's the, uh, how, how do you think the, uh, more static. Okay. All right. Ibrahim thinks it's not as good as, as the other one. Hmm. So the other one's better, huh? Clearer or more, more, or more, or more sound. It isn't as clear as before, right? Right. So I think we need to. Yeah, I'm not delighted with the the, the clip on this uh, microphone either. To be honest, that's another point. And I just wonder. Sorry about this, guys. I know this is irritating. Just want to see, because I'm very disappointed with this mic, like super disappointed. But no, I'm so disappointed with this mic. But and that's gonna scratch all the way. That is, that's gonna drive you crazy. That is. Can you hear? Can you hear any scratching or any moving? Does it actually sound better? Does it actually sound any? Louder, or now that it's actually pointing upwards, it's actually clearer. You think it's clearer than before? Wow, there you go. So, these are very, very what is it called? Unidirectional, then, right? Interesting. All right, let's leave it there. Then, I might, I might, I might keep it like that tomorrow, then, as well. All right, so, Zakmullah, I appreciate that. I know that this is uh, uh, irritating uh, asking these questions, but. Um, there has to be some yeah, any guinea pig somewhere. I don't think there's any. Uh, uh, I don't think there's any uh, danger of anything cutting out. Let, let, let's test it. It has actually gone out. No, it's going to go up because you're at 450. Started 30 now. 32 percent. Yeah. 50 well, percent. When you started recording. About five ten years before we started. Go on, go on, put it in. Go on. Right. So, where are we now? So, uh, so, so that's so. Anyway, what we've said is that we don't, um, we don't, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, make up on that prayer because it was messed up from the beginning, and so we start again with a new dhuhr. All right. As for what the author is saying, right, which is if a person thinks that they've uh, 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 that the prayers ended, they made a mistake, they gave the taslim, and 
as long as it's still there, thereabouts in terms of time and space zone, then they can make up the prayer. What's the evidence for that? We've mentioned this a few times, but just again for completion, the hadith of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, that the Messenger of Allah prayed one day, Salatul Dhuhr or Salatul Asr, the uncertainty is from him, and he gave taslim after two raka'ah. All right, exactly as the scenario that we're giving. And then he stood up, and he lit in this narration, he stood up and he walked to the front uh, of the masjid and he leaned on a uh, on one of the, the trees which was uh, there. Now, there is some discussion whether this is one of the original small trees that were there or whether it's the pillar. It's more likely to be the pillar. Remember that the masjid was very natural. They didn't clear absolutely everything. All right. So it's much more likely that this is one of the pillars of the masjid, which of course were made of wood at that time. Um, anyway, he effectively leaned against the wall of the masjid and he was angry, um, yani irritated, anxious, but there was yani, some kind of irritation. As if he was like, you know, irritated. Um, and the major companions were there. Abu Bakr was there. Umar was there. But because of their respect and the awe they had of the Prophet Sallallahu they uh, did not speak to him, even though they're the most yani, specific about that. However, the, the Prophet Sallallahu um, used to joke around with one of the companions who was there because of the length of his kind of hands, all right, as in physically. And so, because the hands were slightly elongated, so he would call him Dhul Yadain, the, oh, the, the father of two hands, but yani, in a kind of like exaggerated form. So there was like kind of like, a, you know, an easygoing kind of relationship. And it's clear that that easygoing, you know how it is, with, you are with different people and they're a bit loud, right? And they, they have less kind of filter, no filter kind of people. So he's like straight out. Ya Rasulullah, salah. Hey, uh, Ya Rasulullah. Oh, Messenger of Allah, did you forget or has the prayer been shortened? He said, I have not forgotten and the prayer has not been shortened. I have not forgotten that statement is based upon what he thinks. And the prayer has not been shortened is a legal statement which is true because the prayer has not been shortened. Um, so then he then turned to the rest of the companions and he said, Yani, is it true what Dhul Yadain is saying? And they said, yes. So then he came back and he, and this is important, So then he came forward and he prayed that which had been missed. Okay? Then he gave the salam. Then Then he did the, the double prostration. Then he did the salam again. Alright? That's the hadith which is in Muslim. Um, okay, this is the evidence, the direct evidence for what our author says. As long as he remembers it, yani, you know, what did we say? Like of a near time or like closely, then it's okay. He can make it up, and we call it the zone. Now, question, and a really good one. Okay. لكن لو ذكر وهو قائم فهل so 
if a person remembers that he's got to make up the prayer whilst he's standing up, when he now goes to the prayer, does he sit down to make up from where he's messed up? So if you are praying Salat al-Dhuhr and you give salam after two raka'ah, okay, you've made a mistake clearly. Straight after you realize or someone tells you, hey, what happened? And you say, it's true, right? Have I, I've just, have I just prayed too? They say, yeah, you have. All right, come on, guys, get ready. So he goes back to his place. All right, he goes back to his place. The questions that now should be asked. Does he say Allahu Akbar, for example? Does he enter back into the prayer, for example? Does he initiate something? Does he have to say something to the people? Has he said too much to the people? Is he in the prayer or outside the prayer right now in this time? Does he sit back down to where he was? And the reason you do that is because you were going fine while sitting down, but you were meant to get up at Abduhu wa Rasulu, Allahu Akbar. You had you meant to get up after the tashahud before the uh uh Sharif, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. You need to get up, you need to sit back down so that you carry on from exactly where you are. And the answer to that is based upon whether the getting up process from sitting to standing, this process in which you would actually say Allahu Akbar, okay, whether that itself is a part of the prayer whether it is an actual integral part of the prayer or alternatively is the getting up just a necessary requirement to get from this rukan of sitting this pillar of sitting to the pillar of the standing and that's a debate that the scholars had so i just want to say in in uh 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 I just want to say as a, uh, a general statement that you are still in the prayer. However you have thought and understood yourself, what you are, what your state is, what you're doing, you are actually still in the prayer. And even when you are chatting or talking back and forth, you are still in the prayer. This is why we're going to find out that some speech, if there's a reason or whatever, and there's a circumstance, does not invalidate the prayer. Okay. It, intrinsically in of itself So there's a conversation which is happening right now Okay, but you are technically Still in the prayer As a result of that You do not need to re-enter the prayer So there is no Allahu Akbar to get back in again Unless Allahu Akbar Is the next stage Of where you're meant to carry on Which in most circumstances Is going to be the case But what about this issue What about the The um, what about, must you sit back down again? Or, or should you just carry on? Sheikh says, Some of the jurists, may Allah have mercy upon them, said, Must sit back down and then stand up. Because of the statement of Dhul Yadain, The narrator, okay, indicates to us that he then prayed that which he left out. He prayed which he left out. Okay? 
So what are the things that he left out? He left out the standing up from sitting position to standing position. So he has to, so that's been left out. So he has to bring that as well. So he does that. And that's obviously based upon uh, an interpretation that the standing itself is a rukun. The getting up. But if it is said, okay, that this standing is not actually a rukun in of itself, it's not yani, intended in of itself, but it's something which is necessary to actually be standing, but this getting up part is not actually in, in of itself intrinsic required. So if you take that interpretation, then you do not need to sit back down. You would stand back up. You'd still need to say Allahu Akbar because the Allahu Akbar, the takbiratul intiqal, okay, is an obligation of the prayer. That is an actual part of the prayer. So you would, if you're standing, you made this decision, then you just go and you'd say, Allahu Akbar, and you're already standing because that's where you need to start from. Okay? Whereas if you think, no, that sitting part is important, and you can see the evidence for that, right? Because the takbir itself has been legislated to be the takbir of moving. So some will say that the movement itself is yani, connected to the takbir itself too. The response to that would be that actually... It's not the moving which is required, it's the takbir itself. For example, if a person is paralyzed or in a different kind of situation where they're sitting down or lying down, one might not need to do the movement of one location to another, but the takbir continues. Yani the takbir itself is independent. And it could also be argued, as we said before, that when you do make the takbir, there's laxity, there's flexibility as we covered in year, whatever, seven, eight, nine, maybe, whatever, uh, that, that to say the takbir doesn't have to be said Absolutely all the way through If it says a little bit here Or a little bit at the end As long as it's roughly there Thereabouts Then it's okay um, Sheikh Uthameen when he says if, for inqil, like, And if, if it has said If it was said That you know You don't uh, You don't need to What's really interesting uh, Let's have a look here yeah. What's really interesting is that the this opinion was held by Sheikh Uthameen's own teacher, Sheikh Nasruddin al Sa'adi. Some people call him a Sa'adi, but we always used to know him as Sa'adi. And his own position, his personal position, is that um, that this that this movement itself is not legislated. In of itself, it's legislated, yani as a tabi', not as a as an original legislated thing. So, so you wouldn't need to sit back down again. You would stand up, and that was his position. And you know, Subhanallah, I studied the fiqh of a Sa'idi, and that was my first exposure to the Hanbali school before Sheikh Uthameen. So, in the nineties, when I completed my first Hanbali text with my Hanbali teacher. Um, we learnt it according to uh, Nur al-Basair of uh, Asi'adi, Sheikh Ahmed, Sheikh Ahmed Hafizahullah Ta'ala, humbly scholar in, uh, from Azhar. Um, 
And that was always his position as well. I remember it. But um, yeah. So anyway, having said that, Sheikh Uthameen says that our response to this, okay, our response to this is what the fuqaha have said, the majority of them, is more yani, encompassing and more safe is best to stick to the safe position. Ahwat. فنقول إذا كان الإنسان قد نهد ثم ذكر أو ذكر جلس ثم قام وأتم الصلاة. يعني he's basically saying that if you do stand up, like the Prophet sallallahu did, and you walk around and ask whatever, then it's safer and better to just sit down and then stand up. All right. So you sit down, everybody. That's when the prayer started. Not when he actually stands up and says Allahu Akbar, even though that's the process. That the sitting, everybody is now sitting. He'll just turn around and say, okay, guys, we're back in again. Everybody, I'm sitting down, yalla. Then he'll sit there, hands on the knees, and then Allahu Akbar and stand up, basically. And, and that is what Shaykh Uthameen says is a safer position. I mean, I have to say, there's no real reason to disagree with that. It's definitely the safer position. Is it necessary? My heart yani, is with the Sa'idi. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Right? I don't think that this position is in of itself legislated. Okay? All right. So let's take a break from that and let's have a look. Right. I knew that Marina was going to come in and cuss us, man. You know, Marina, we, everybody needs a Marina. You know, just like everybody needs a Mesa. Mesa gives us a discipline, but she's like a nice discipline. Which involves a bit of discussion and you know some Q and A and people benefit. Marina, not interested in the people, not interested in people chatting, not interested in questions. Just wants straight to the camera. The only talk. Don't look at anybody. Don't look at the reason, Marina, dearest, that this is all going like it is is because I'm not looking at any of the comments. Therefore, I'm ignoring the people. I know that you really enjoy that. But the majority, I think, don't. By the way, I enjoy that as well. Sometimes. Sometimes I like a bit of banner. Sometimes I can just get over and over. Today's lesson is obviously going to be only an hour long, right? Because there's no chit-chat. Marina values her time. And she always yeah, and wants things done. And like I said, these are important. Important. Right. So, what's the discussion, folks? What are we, what are we saying? Everything was so good. Murphy Mushkila. That's good. I think that's a good summary. Basically, there's no problems at all. Everybody's happy, and that's all I care about. All right, let's stick with the marina style. You know, I like that marina style. You know, like you get a merino or jumper, yeah, merino wool. What's how we do marina class? We're gonna do marina style today. You know, when we go and get pizza, sometimes you know what we say, right? I want it Romana base. Romana base. You see, Neapolitana. What would they call? Uh, Napoli police from Naples, yeah, and in Neapolitan, soft base, not crispy, beautiful, yeah, and proved though twice, 24, 48 hours. Listen, listen, this is my game, mine and Shaz's game, but I think now more my game than Shaz's game, but it's a different thing. In Rome, though, more American style, thinner, crunchier, crispier. So when you want a Naples-style pizza, and you say, but with Romana base, it means a thinner, wider, crunchier base. Romana base. I think we should say we're going to do a marina class today. Everybody will know, yeah, we got that. Marina class. 
Now, <laughs> see, with that, there's no need for that. With that, there's no need for that. That's snarky, snarky behavior. Okay? Let me tell you, all right, that I would embarrass all y'all, okay, when it comes to eating pizza. Because I know that you heathens, right, have no idea how to eat pizza. Pizza is an art, depending upon what region you're in. Like, for, for example, in Naples, in Naples, you must use a knife and fork, right? Whereas if you ask your Neapolitan pizza for it to be made well done, you can definitely eat it, but you have to do the fold. Now, all the cheap pizza rubbish yani, that people eat here, Pizza Hut and Domino's, whatever, whatnot, that's, you don't need to do anything. You just pick it up and it's just a load of cardboard anyway. So you just hold it and just put it in your mouth. What's the issue? Right? But a proper pizza is going to have a little flop, especially if it's Neapolitan. You know what I'm trying to say? So you need to flick it up. Bam. Uh, by the way, Marina is, uh, is, is, no, not a calzone. A calzone is a whole complete, yani, you know, all, all behavior. Listen, I know nobody's stepping to me when it comes to pizza. By the way, me and Shaz for the last two, three years have been honestly debating very, very hard to launch our own uh, pizza review channel. That's no joke. Like proper. And we're going on a pizza tour soon as well. But I don't want to put Nazar upon my pizza tour. All right. Listen, Marina literally is having a heart attack right now. She's like, I wish I hadn't said anything. My Toba Toba Staghfar that I made a comment, that I opened my mouth. She's really upset right now. This is what happens. I never like to be told I'm doing a good job because I will intentionally then teach you a lesson. Okay? But I do like the idea of Marina class. I just want to let you know I'm down with that idea. Marina class. It means focus, look at the camera, ignore the people. That's the code, okay? Romana base, Marina class. All right? So, um, Sheikh says, ثم ذكر قريبا. يعني that he remembers yani, whilst they're still in the prayer zone. Okay? Still in the prayer zone. Still close. And also, that you don't do something which invalidates the prayer. So in that small period of time, the whole point of saying a small period of time is that you're still within the prayer kind of, you know, zone. In that moment, time, you don't do something which invalidates the prayer. So, for example, like, you know, that you break your wudu or you eat or anything like that. So, it's not possible, according to the Hanabila, for you to make up your prayer or continue to make up your prayer if you've taken one of the conditions of the prayer away from it, which is, you know, to talk and this. And this is not all the Hanabila, but this is just one of the opinions in the, in the humbly school. Um... And that's and everybody will agree without a shadow of a doubt when it comes to breaking wudu. No doubt about that. If a person broke the wudu, and that's game over. Okay? That prayer cannot be made up. Right? Uh, it's impossible, Yanni, to be to to connect them because they've been Yanni, they've been permanently separated. But if he does something which invalidates the prayer because of it actually happening at that moment, like what would normally happen, like if you spoke in the prayer or you laughed in the prayer or you ate in the prayer. What about that? Is that to be treated the same as, for example, breaking wudu? According to Sheikh Uthameen, the answer is no. He's okay. He goes, If a person was to, for example, yeah, 
I don't know, you're praying in Jama'ah and Imam has uh, finished and you're thinking, all right, okay. So you're sitting there. Obviously, there's a little bit of confusion going on, what's happening, what's not. And then you turn to my guy and he's starting to get something out, you know, and then he offers you, you know, a, a piece of fruit pastel or something. I don't know, whatever. Okay. Toffee. And then you take that, you pop it in your mouth because you, you think the prayer is done. You think the prayer is done. That, of course, would completely invalidate the prayer if you had done it in the prayer, knowing you're doing it in the prayer. However, now you're still doing the same thing. You're doing it in the prayer. But the only difference is, is that you don't know that you're still in the prayer. You think that the prayer is finished. And that's the most important thing here. The same as what the companions and the Prophet ﷺ did. If they had spoken like that in a normal prayer intentionally, the prayer would have been invalidated. No way to make it up. The reason that they were able to make up that prayer is because they did the same level of speaking, maybe even more, a bit of walking around and everything. It's because they didn't think they were in the prayer. Or there was discussion whether they're still in the prayer. And we learn afterwards because the Prophet ﷺ literally just carries on from where it was that they're still in the prayer. So therefore we know that if a person is in this scenario thinking that the prayer is done and they do these things which would otherwise normally invalidate the prayer, some scholars will say that there's too much and it's gone, but our position is not a problem. Even if they eat, even if they laugh, even if they have a joke, even if they look at their phone, doing things that would normally negate the prayer, that would normally negate the prayer. Okay, or drink something or whatever. And that's exactly what the Prophet um, uh, did. Because these people are not doing that intentionally. They're not intentionally trying to break the prayer. All right? Or trying to invalidate the prayer. For in Tal al Fasl, and if the time gap before realizing that you've messed up the prayer, if the time gap uh, for you realizing takes too long, then, and we're going to uh, come to see, uh, then it's game over. You have to start again. All right. Now, as you can see, for intal al-fasl, if the, the gap becomes a bit long, or just long, he says long. Again, doesn't mention a time. As we said last week in that Qaid al-Fiqiyya, when you see generally measurements, all right, uh, 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 of time and space and size and amounts, large amounts, small amount, bleeding large, bleeding little, vomiting small, vomiting large. And when you see nothing giving, no actual exact definitions, then you should know that the urf is what determines it. What would you consider to be a long period of time? A shafi'i said one raka'ah, the length of time that it takes to pray one raka'ah. That, that's his that's his Attempt at an objective standard Some will live with it Some will say Yeah, okay Some said As long as you remain in the masjid If this is happening in the masjid Then as long as you remain in the masjid Because that's the place of the prayer It's got that yani, spirit and the soul of the prayer You're kind of still connected to it It's like a zone, etc, etc Sheikh Uthameen himself He says Well if you look at trying to work out what a small amount is, then we can then define, and this is a very useful uh, tool in fiqh. When you want to try to understand what is a lot, then work out what's not a lot. Then you know what a lot is, if that makes sense. So you want to try to define something, define what it isn't. Then you can define it. You know, like I 
uh, I always give this example when, I comes, when it comes to fiqh. Someone says to me, define fiqh. I say to them, fiqh is not aqidah. Define what it isn't, you'll get a nice idea of what it is. When I say fiqh is not aqidah, you've learned that then fiqh is flexible. Fiqh is, fiqh is not absolutely yani, one way, one thing. And if someone disagrees with you, then it's very, it's very serious. Fiqh is going to be relaxed. It's going to have interpretations. You get my point. So Sheikh Uthameen says, well, let's define the lot by understanding what's a little. A little has already been clearly shown to us. That is finishing, standing up, walking to a different location in the masjid. Different hadith will indicate a few steps to a few more steps. A period of time where there's some leaning against that, there's some hesitation, people are sitting, a conversation occurs, is it been shortened, have you forgotten, a reaction, neither been shortened, neither been forgotten, reflection upon what one has said, speak to the companions, get a response back, then go back. That's a short time because the prayer was made up. Sheikh says, Yani, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, something like that. So clearly, for three, four, five minutes, you're okay. For three or four, five minutes, you're definitely okay because there's no way that what happened at the time of the Prophet ﷺ happened in anything other than uh, three or four or five minutes. Okay, now Obviously Our half an hour, two hours They're well out They're well out They're not even on the table for a discussion And I'm afraid And everybody asks the sheikh Just give us some kind of idea There isn't You just have to use your intuition I've always Felt that the correct answer is a combination of all the factors. I don't think we should just take time. I've always said, I've always said that, Yanni, it's got to be, and that's why I've always called it a zone. I think it's a physical and a time kind of, not strictly. Sometimes, Yanni, if you're in one location, then the, the place doesn't come into it, right? So it's definitely more time than place, but I think that place also needs a a shell. So that's why I've always said, if you get to the car park, right, then I'm kind of like, you know, I think you're going past the limit. But if someone says, and then gets up immediately, and walks straight to the car, he could be at his car, like in Chiro Masjid, for example, within 30 seconds, right, in a car park. And he could get a call, say, hey, come back. I'm okay with that, because that's so immediate. Right, but normally when people are getting to their car, it's like five or ten minutes after the salah is finished. Right, I would consider ten minutes to be on the edge, and I would consider it to be fifteen and twenty to be too much. And I think that getting out of the boundaries of the masjid to also be an indicator as well. So someone, yani for example, fifteen minutes and in their car, I'm like, bro, that's gone now. And if it's gone and it's too late, then of course it needs the prayer needs to be started again and redone. Okay, right. Have to start the prayer again. Um, so, if the time gap has increased to too long, 
as we just defined. Or, or a person speaks about something which is not in the interest of the prayer. So the reason that Imam Hajawi is coming with this position is because a number of the scholars said that actually when you look at what the companions were speaking about, right, their talk was entirely in the interest of the prayer. They weren't gossiping, they weren't chatting, they weren't X, they weren't Y. Okay? There was all about the prayer. It was all about the situation, which frankly is probably going to be what happens when that scenario occurs because most people have got some doubts and they're suspicious and they just, yeah, they normally turn and say, Did, was that three? Was that two? You know, they have that kind of conversation. And then there's some affirmation and then a job done. But there might be people in the crowd, as Sheikh Uthameen said. They ain't got a daily what's going on. They have no idea. They, you know. So for them, you know, whether it's first or fourth, it was all a zone anyway. So, and so then they've zoned out. And they're chatting amongst themselves. Hey, so what's happening, bro? What are we doing? What are you going on? I haven't seen you for a while, blah, blah, blah. They're not chatting within the prayer. According to Al-Hajawi, that's going to invalidate the prayer. According to Sheikh Uthameen, they are not to be blamed because they did not know that the prayer had not ended. For them, they thought the prayer was finished. So it's not happening. Yani, it's not going to. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, Sheikh says, so just to finish off this part, so if the gap is too long, or a person speaks about something that's not to do with the prayer or in the interest of the prayer or part of the prayer, then this is these two categories are to be treated like as if a person spoke inside the prayer. Whilst, like, you know, even though he is inside the prayer. But like, yes, if he was like, you know, after Fatiha, for example, or and he stood there. Now we know that it's allowed to then start making dua, etc., before you go to sajda. But let's say you stood there for 15 minutes, right? Or let's say you stood there for uh, uh, five minutes or three minutes. That's fine. That's sunnah to make dua and so on. But let's say you stood there for two, three minutes, but you were chatting about something. So Sheikh says, uh, Imam Hajawi says that just like the prayer would be invalidated by these things if you did it inside the prayer. They are invalidating the prayer even outside afterwards if you by mistake think that you're inside the uh, prayer. So, and this is of course, yani the, the author, he's using his qiyas, alayhi rahmatullah, that this is based upon what they understand, right? Now, Sheikh Uthameen has a comment to make. He goes, actually, if we look at actual speaking inside the prayer, inside the prayer, then that has also occurred in the famous hadith we spoke about a few times, the hadith of Mu'awiyah ibn Hakam, radiallahu anhu, when the Prophet ﷺ, when he spoke in the prayer, and the Prophet ﷺ then turned to him, and he said, in hadith salallahu alayhi wa nas, that this prayer is not, yani, it's not right. It's not deserving of the prayer that people speak normal, you know, speak inside this prayer. Um, نسيان, نسيان so in the in the madhab, the official position of the Hanbali school, okay. 
right? Well, I would probably put forward the more popular opinion of the Hanbali school. If a person does speak like this, whether inside the prayer or outside the prayer, then the prayer is invalidated. And of course, Sheikh uh, 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 Uthameen, his position is, well, as we said before, if a person does this after the prayer, thinking that the prayer is finished, then it doesn't. And that's where we differ with the Hanabila, right? Because the Hanbalis will say, no, any conversation that's not yani, uh, uh, that's not about the prayer, that's just chit-chat, then that invalidates it. We're saying that, listen, if you think that you're still praying, if, if you think that the prayer is over, why would you punish a person for that? So that's the only way we take a pause. Let's have a look. Why? Why? What's that mean? Like it has to be turned off and turned on again with the with connected. How do you know? Because uh, it works without camera, but also a technical mind as well. And it said that? Yeah. So what percentage is the battery right now? 10%. Well, let it, let it continue. Let it, let it die. It doesn't matter. I told you this is just a thingy. Obviously, it will learn it for tomorrow. Right. So where are we, folks? Um, Where are we? Oh, yeah. It's much easier, actually, to take it from here. Cheetos. Honestly, Cheetos Masjid, man. Alright. What about the one who was certain that the prayer hadn't ended? Prayer hadn't ended, but still starts talking or takes that toffee and puts it in his mouth because everyone else is doing it. What would be his situation? So basically, you're saying that a person who knows and has worked it out that the prayer is, is deficient. I think that's a, a real problem. Allahu A'lam, that's a, that's a serious problem. I mean, the Hanbalis would definitely validate the prayer. The majority of scholars would as well. The question is that with the lenient of lenient opinions, Sheikh Uthameen's position, would he allow that to, to, to slide? Would he allow that to slide? I don't think he would. I, I find that a, a problem. If you know that there's a problem with the prayer that you've not finished, and you... But remember, I mean, taking a toffee is clear. You're eating, Yanni, okay? But if you start chatting... Is it true or not true? Is it true? That's part of the process of trying to find out. That's okay. Right? But if you start like, talking about some other nonsense, yeah, then that's unacceptable. If you take the position of a, of a Sa'di, getting up, not being from the major pillars of the prayer, not even major, it's not part of the prayer. That's his point. Then does that mean that when getting up, it doesn't matter which point you say the takbir? That's why, Ibrahim, okay, that's why I said that, uh, 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 as I said, that uh, uh, the takbir al intiqal, one of the reasons it's called Takbir al-Tintiqal is because the Takbir is linked to the movement. And as I said, if you consider that to be a proof that the movement must be there, then clearly it, it, it says you, the movement's important and also the Takbir has to occur during it. If you consider that the movement is independent of the Takbir, the Takbir's name is just only given because some people called it that, but in actual fact, it's a Takbir that you say from this to that position, but the position is the movement itself is not important. It's the getting into that position. But because it's impossible to get to that position without that, you have to make the takbir yani regardless. So I just want to say that actually there is it's it's you know it's difficult. It, well, there's no clear evidence which one's right. There's no nos which indicates that that because it's interpretation. Because the existing evidences of Salli Kama pray like you see me pray. Well, obviously, I go up and down, so you'd follow that. Now, a person following that will say, that's what you have to pray, because that's how he prayed, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another one would say, well, yeah, but that part wasn't necessary, because that's the only way you can get to that position. So it's how you interpret it. There's not going to be a winner here. 
That's why Sheikh Uthameen says, well, well, because there's no defining evidence and there's not going to be a winner, it's just best to stick to the safer side, right? Um, and so I said, it's all of it, everything is linked to how you understand it. So the takbir is going to be a movement anyway, during the process anyway. What if a person was praying towards the end of a prayer time and then they remembered, but the next prayer entered? Can it still be... What if a person was praying towards the end of a prayer time and then they remembered, but the next prayer entered? Can it still be corrected? I don't, Bilal, I don't understand your question, bro. Do you mean that you're praying the next prayer? Because if you are praying the prayer of the current time and then the next time, the next prayer time enters, you, can, you finish off your prayer. Your prayer is valid. As long as you've done one rakah, as we covered a couple of years ago, your prayer is fine. I'm not sure what your question means. Sarah says, so if the imam doesn't engage in such a conversation, which would be deemed invalidated and gets up to make up what needs to be made up, but someone in a jama'ah does engage in such a conversation, thinking the prayer is over. Would that person in jama'ah get up and continue with the imam? Yes, he would. He's absolutely fine. That's exactly what Sheikh Uthameen's position is. That's exactly what we're trying to say. That prayer is fine. That person completes their own prayer even if the That person continues completing their own prayer even if imam stops, right? We have done that if you are if you are sure that the yeah yeah we did that earlier and before if you know the imam has messed up you and you know then you have to continue yourself yeah have you seen what Shazad made me do look he said that you look behind him messed up and ugly you gotta shave your head and you gotta make your beard look neat and put some henna huh orthro style and put henna on he's made me chop my beard in half but it looks alright henna yeah he looked okay as well Shazad forced me by the way. All right, I don't know, Yanni. Nobody else Yanni complained. The Ma'moon, the Ma'moon left the premises before the Imam called it. Called it. I called all of them back to Salah. Someone tells him later about the Imam's error. Does he need to redo it, or is the Imam, or has the Imam swallowed up that error? So we're going to cover that a little bit later. But for now, you assume, as just like you would when you're starting a subject and you learn something, then it changes afterwards. That the prayer is over. Okay, prayer for that person. Is over. He has to start the prayer again. Okay, he has to correct that prayer as it stands right now. Okay, when then we come to that later. Most times you could repeat the prayer, but what happens when the prayer time has ended and you made the error? How can you, uh, how can you repeat? How did Sabine get her name in blue? That's what I want to know. Okay, most times you could repeat the prayer, but what happens when that prayer time has ended and you made the error? How, error, how can you repeat? If, if the prayer has ended and you need to pray the prayer again, then yeah, you, you, you repeat the prayer. The prayer time might be ended, but the prayer is still required from you. So you'd still need to pray that prayer. Hopefully keep it in order as well. If the order has been gone and you've already prayed the next prayer too, then you would then make the prayer regardless. Okay? If you are praying at home alone and you pray four and then sometime later you realize you should have prayed three for maghrib then what would you do does it fall under unintentional mistake and so no need to repeat or should it make a difference it does make a difference because you needed to do a sajda sahu for adding to the prayer you need to do a sajda sahu for adding to the prayer because you didn't that's going to come up later i don't want to take these now because they all have to be taken with their Right understanding. For example, what happens if you don't do the sajda sahu even though you are intending to do sajda sahu? What if the prayer needed sajda sahu but you forgot to do the sajda sahu? 
What about yani, when you realize afterwards you've overprayed it and made the mistake definitely but didn't do a sajdah? We've got to keep it yani, in the, we've got to keep it in order. I don't want to be answering questions that we're going to be covering in detail, okay? But it, of course, it's an important and a valid question. What if you prayed, but then after the prayer, you felt like you had no khushu at all? We covered this before, Maryam. Okay, you don't read the, you don't redo the prayer. You will never ever make yourself feel better. And if you are making yourself feel better, you're on a dangerous path, right? Dangerous, dangerous path. Um, nobody's prayer is brilliant ever. Everybody hopes and wishes that they could have done better. Yeah, everybody. Um, Bilal meant that they did the taslim mistakenly, but in the short time after that, the next salah came in. Does that cancel out the opportunity to carry on? No, it doesn't. It doesn't cancel out the opportunity to carry on. That's the same if a person missed the prayer, yani intentionally, unintentionally, went to sleep, was a sinner, was combining, whatever the reason, when you have not performed the prayer for whatever reason of a time, it will come first in the uh, 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 the, the, the ensuing time In one exception One exception alone What is that exception? Who can tell me what that exception is? Um, right When did When we did Taslim As a sign Of having left the Salah Do we say actually It is Taslim And having left the zone That qualifies it in entirety? Correct one, yeah, correct with that, yeah. When you're at the end of the time for the next prayer. Well done, guys, well done. That's the correct answer. Then you have to then pray, because that's the only legitimate prayer that needs to be prayed. And that would normally happen, it can happen in any prayer, but any Asr would be the example, an easy example. Maghrib is about to start in three minutes. I haven't prayed Asr, you realize you've messed up Dhuhr. And do you now fix Dhuhr or do you pray Asr? The vast majority of scholars says you pray Asr because you've only got three minutes to get it done in proper time. You've already messed up Maghrib, so then you'll pray uh, Dhuhr in the Maghrib uh, time. Now, when we did Taslim as a sign of having left the Salah, do we say actually it is Taslim and having left the zone that qualifies it in entirety? I'm not going to lie, I don't understand the question. I've read it a few times, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting it. I'm not, not getting it. All right, maybe if you can write it just a bit more, maybe some different kind of way or something. Um, all right, let's carry on. And if a person speaks in the interests of the prayer and it's only something insignificant, yasir, again, left yani, you know, open, then it doesn't invalidate the prayer. It doesn't invalidate the prayer. So now we know that our author has divided speaking, right? Into three categories. If a person, uh, category one, number one, if he speaks or says something not in the interest of the prayer, this invalidates the prayer. This is this is the three categories according according to Imam Hajawi, according to the Hanbalis, and not all the Hanbalis, but. This is their preponderant position. The three types of speech. You speak not in the interest of the prayer, prayer is invalidated. Number one. The second category, you speak 
in the interest of the prayer, something very little, something insignificant, like what the Prophet ﷺ and the companions did. All right? With not much chat going on, all very focused, then the prayer is not invalidated. This is little and in the interest of the prayer. The third category is it's if it's a lot of speaking in the interest of the prayer. Example would be we have a debate, right? We say, right, everybody, we're going to vote on this. And everyone's the only chatting. What did you say? What did you do? And then we say, all right, all right, there's too many people here. Forget that. Let's use, what's that, Yanni? What's that, what's that voting app called that people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody, then you go, everybody get your phones out. And then we start looking at the screen and it says, Yanni, yeah, team A, three raka, and gets 40 votes, and team B gets 50 votes. You get what I'm trying to say? That's a lot of speech, all very much in the interest of the prayer, way too much taking liberties, okay? Even though there's a legitimate concern here, you've got to have your sensitivities, yani, linked to the sacredness of the, of the moment. So this invalidates the prayer, according to the Hanabila. As for a different approach to this, okay? A different appro approach. Um, then the Salah is not invalidated in all of these three scenarios. Okay? Because this person who is speaking Because he does not believe that he's actually in the prayer He doesn't actually think he's in the prayer In all of these three scenarios He did not intend to do this sin or mistake or error Or whatever you want to call it Or haram He didn't intend it And of a surety Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ فِيمَا أَخْضَأْتُمْ بِهِ and as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 5, and there is no blame upon you in those in the mistakes that you make, that which you do not intend, but rather in that which your heart's intended. Right? So you're blame, you're only blameworthy if you intend to do something, not if you do it mistakenly. And in all of these three scenarios, which is to um Speak, but not in the interest of the prayer. Little bit of speaking in the interest of the prayer, and a lot of speaking in the interest of the prayer. Okay, you did not intend to break. You did not intend to do something haram or do the impermissible speaking. Um, and Sheikh then goes even further, and he says, and according to the correct position, according to me. The prayer is also not going to be invalidated by eating and by drinking and by laughing. If he or she does that when they give the salam forgetfully. Because they did not intend to do this invalidating action. He is ignorant of the reality of the situation. Uh, and anything that he does that would normally invalidate the prayer is the same. Other than... Breaking your wudu, al-hadith, entering into a state of ritual impurity, okay, because because you have you can't yani, build upon that. It's like a complete yani, separation, yani, a, a complete yani, termination, yeah. And Sheikh says, likewise, if a person is in the prayer itself. 
He's saying if a person's in the prayer, meaning first rakah, second rakah, no taslim here, no coming out of the prayer. He's in the prayer and he speaks. Nasyan aw jahilan. Yani not knowing that it's, it's prohibited, for example. Uh, so, so an example, I, I, I'll give you a very good example. Example is someone who doesn't know the ruling of, of um, uh, saying Alhamdulillah when someone sneezes. So he says, you know, he, he's in prayer and, you know, Alhamdulillah. Or, you know, he's a Paki. So he goes, Shukr Alhamdulillah. Right? That's not even been narrated. Right? That's not even been narrated. Now imagine next guy goes, you know, well, obviously Pak's not going to know that either. But anyway, let's say he goes, Yarhamakallah. You know, that's that's my my you know that's my that's my my, my point. Yani a person who doesn't know the ruling is like the person of Muhammad ibn Hakim. The Prophet did not invalidate his prayer. So, and so according to the stronger position, according to Sheikh Uthameen, this also even inside the prayer proper, let alone outside the prayer, while still being inside the prayer, forgetfully, neither of these invalidate the prayer because he does not know and he's not aware. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. Um, and Mu'awi ibn Hakam, yani hadith is absolutely very, very clear about this. And as a reminder, when he said, Yarahamakallah, may my mother be lost. We're also looking at him. Yani when he said, uh, you know, uh, they all looked at him. And he goes, yani, You know, what's up with you guys? You know, looking at me. This is what he's saying in the actual prayer. And the Prophet ﷺ then told him after the prayer had finished, listen, this is not right. This is yani, maqam uh, tasbih, etc. Did not make him repeat the prayer because he was not aware of the ruling and he didn't intentionally want to invalidate the prayer. Um, there's a third position as well. The second position is Sheikh Uthameen's position, all right? The one that you've just seen. And that's the class position as well. This is my position as well, okay? That's the class position. That the prayer is not invalidated by this type of speech, even a lot of speech because the person is not really aware, okay? القول الثالث أن الصلاة تبتل بالكلام ولو يسيرا لمسلحتها إذا سلم ناسيا لأنه فعل فعل شيء ينافي الصلاة فلا تصح معه يعني this is an extreme position Allah Allah knows best the prayer is invalidated يعني any kind of speech so it's it's not like the humblies they said even small amount of speech is an invalidated and what happened at the Prophet ﷺ was an exception etc etc or that that was outside the prayer, not really inside the prayer. Blah. Yani they try to explain it away. No speaking at any moment, at any time can be acceptable. Wallahu ta'ala a'alam. Okay. Actually, let me just finish off this last point. Then we've had like a really, and that was a Marina class, yani I think. Even Marina will be very upset, very happy with us, inshallah. Okay. Waqahqaha kalkalam. Kalkalam. Sorry. Uh, and laughing takes the ruling of speaking. So everything that we've just said now, all right, about kalam, yani, uh, 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 the basic principle of, of speaking, how prohibited that is, laughing is in the same boat. And Sheikh Uthameen says actually laughing is worse because laughing has... At least speaking is some kind of dignity and integrity, but laughing is like loose and, you know, it's not exactly, you know, something that, that is, it's not, it's not a positive all the time. It's only positive some of the time, etc., etc., etc. And what is laughing? Laughing has a very specific definition because it's allowed to smile in the prayer. 
So laughing is when you laugh with sound, when you smile with sound, when you are, I don't, I don't know, any how to be anymore. Which is laughing. يعني, but actually, smiling. Smiling with sound. All right? Sheikh Uthameen says it's also known in Arabic as gah gah. Yeah? Uh, so anyway, if a person does that, then that is يعني, a, a disaster. If a person قه, قه, in the prayer, the prayer is invalidated. Okay? Because this is like playing around and so on. But if a person smiles in the prayer, then it is, um, that's something which is permissible according to the vast majority of scholars. Okay? However, and because there's no sound, the key is the sound. Okay? But what about if a person can't help themselves? Something crazy happens. Madness happens. Someone trips over. Some, someone passes wind and, you know, everybody gets the giggles and the person's absolutely trying their absolute best. And that's it. And they just start, you know, a little sound comes out. They're trying their best. They're punching themselves. Everything. And you let out uh, a thing, it's completely out of your control. And it is. Because only Allah knows how much you tried. And it literally went past your human capability to keep it in. Right? And you then laugh out. Then according to the stronger opinion, as per what Shaykh Udameen says, then this does not invalidate the prayer. And this is also the class position as well. And anything that happens. Shaykh gives an example. He goes that if someone for... Um, Yeah, and it's for example, Sheikh says, that, say, imagine something fell on a person. The person goes, ah, right? Uh, uh, someone stands on someone's foot. He goes, ah. I mean, that's a proper sound and proper yani, invalidator of the prayer, frankly. Not dhikr, not jins of the prayer, not of the Quran, nothing loud, open, yani, more than, you know, ah. You know, that's like about three, four letters there involved. We'll speak about letters in next week's lesson. Sheikh Uthameen is like, Listen, this is something that he couldn't help, not really what he wanted to do, not intentional, doesn't validate the prayer. The laugh is the same. Why would we differentiate between that and this? He did not intend the corrupting uh, introduction. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to call it. Okay, we're going to call it right there. Okay. And I, you see, this is the barakah of the marina class. We covered lots. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. She's going to be so happy. I'm so happy. When, when marina is happy, I'm, I'm always very happy. Right. Now, let's do some questions. What did I miss, folks? Marina classes don't ever mess about. I told you. Marina is... This is in honor of Marina. I know she's not happy that I drink Coke and stuff like that. She always looks after my health, mashallah, tabarakah, rahman. But you got to just cut me a little bit of slack. Um, Ruqayah, you are at least 11 minutes late. My humble reminder to you, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, I reminded you 11 minutes ago, but you never looked at the comments. The other camera has just gone off, by the way. Names turn blue when you hover over them with the mouse. Right. Oh, you're right. Sick. 
Okay. All right. Um, now your informant was wrong, Umm Ruqayya. Right. What are the two books missing from the fully complete bookshelf behind you? Oh. <laughs> you know what it is? The first one is this here because I've been reading it. Okay. No, sorry. That's not it. Where is it? No, I, I, I slotted it in here. Masaha min Athara Sahaba. One of my favorite books, actually. So that goes right here. But I don't want it to go there because yani, I was uh, enjoying it. And the other one is, ah, man, it's a mission to get to that man. You want me to really put that back? Does it need to? I think it was this, isn't it? No, it's not that. I think it's over there on the other shelf. Is that? Now you've got me thinking. I need to think of it like that. Right, okay. There seems to be a bit of confusion in the group. Ari, the prayer zone. Is this zone something that only comes into effect when the taslim is erroneously done? Yeah, yeah, because what's the other? I mean, the zone exists. The zone exists, in my opinion, to take advantage of spiritually. I think all of us see only feel after the prayer a moment which is very meditative, right? You can see the companions very, uh, very jealous about this moment, speaking a lot about it. The Prophet وسلم, yani, giving us so much adhkar to fill it. it uh, people who have experienced it yani, would never swap it for anything in the world. For me, it's like the most beautiful thing. One of the highlights of being Muslim is to enjoy that particular moment. So it exists, but it exists in a very yani, vague spiritual sense that has no parameters or legal reality in normative, normative times. The zone takes... Some kind of legal reality And it's not exactly legally defined is it Right When the taslim occurs Mistakenly Then it is the same as And it's, that's, that's just what, how we call it And some other scholars called it But the point is is that it's just what the fuqaha called Qareeb and ba'id or, or Qareeb and ta'weed Right something which is I don't know what the phrase that we went for But something which happens yani, soon Or close yani, uh, Or too long yeah, which was near. Yeah. Um, right. What else we got? Right, we got bare, massive, killer questions here, bro. Mm, you know what? What if I do this? One second. Oh, hello, hello. Who nazar the class? Who nazar the class? Guys, they went mad, didn't it? Right, let's 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 uh let's uh okay, let's just do this class here. Let's do Niaz's class thingy because that's something. Why would someone talk in the prayer? No Niaz, no way. Go back and listen to the class, bro. It was me, man. I'm always like that. Why would someone talk in the prayer? No one yani, talks in the prayer. It's the mistaken the it's the mistake of the prayer, okay? People sneeze and yawn in a prayer. Can you give some advice to benefit them with knowledge, please? Well, sneezing is something which can be done, which is allowed, and you should sneeze into your hand, uh, into your into the crook of your elbow, I should say, and it's allowed for you to say Alhamdulillah quietly to yourself or to delay after the, the salam, and also uh, yawning. That's allowed, something which you're not in control of, and you should cover your hand, and you can say Aud Bilam Sarajim also quietly in the prayer, part of the adhkar of the of the prayer. Or you can say it afterwards as well. All right. 
Now, that is that all, Yani, with... Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let's do some questions. Right. So the first question is, a Muslim boy met a Muslim girl that he would like to get married to. The girl doesn't pray and is not practicing at all, whereas the boy and his family are practicing Muslims. Alhamdulillah. The boy thinks it's fine that the girl doesn't practice, but he'll try his best to get to start praying. And if she doesn't, he's willing to work hard to make sure the kids are raised practicing Muslims, inshallah. The girl has agreed that she will help him raise the kids as practicing Muslims, but she cannot promise that she will pray or become a practicing Muslim herself. The boy's family is against the marriage due to this reason. They've heard from various reasons that a person doesn't pray without reason is considered a kafir, this, that this nikah would not be halal. Would this marriage be halal considering the fact that the girl might or might not eventually start praying or would this marriage not be halal? What are your thoughts and advice on the situation? So whether it is halal or not goes back to what your understanding is of the person who doesn't pray. Um, and obviously we, we covered that in the conditions of the prayer. Sheikh Walid gave a brilliant yani, guest session on that. Whoever can find it is well worth listening. One of the best sessions that has been given. Um, which takes our focus away from yani, the haram halal of of uh, or the or the or the legal yani are you a kafir or not and takes us to actually yani which believer would actually do that yani who in their right mind would actually after being told to pray say i'm not going to pray so i would always myself tend to the far more conservative approach when it comes to people who intentionally do not praise there's a big difference between the packs who blag because when they're embarrassed enough they end up praying right they do you do their best they, they, so many muslims don't pray you do their best, and then they start praying. You embarrass them, they start praying. You can count on a hand, and there are very few people, I mean, obviously that number's growing, but you embarrass them and tell them and say, no, no, you got to pray. I don't care. You know, you some people, like, if I have people around me, I will bully them into praying. I'm not, you know, I don't care. If you don't want to pray when I'm not around, that's up to you. But in my presence, in my moment, my power, and I don't use that, Allah will hold me accountable. You are going to pray, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to physically force him, but they will realize I'm not messing about. It happens all the time. And then they will pray. You come across a person who says, I'm not praying. Listen, you, you pray. I'm not going to force that. I can't do anything more than just tell them. I can't physically make them do it. This person shouldn't be gone near with a barge pole. That's not to, that's not to say they're not going to get better. They're not going to start practicing, blah, blah, blah. But this is like what is understood by the companions when they say kafir billah, the one who has left yani, the deen. That is the kind of profile of person. That's their kind of mindset. So you stay mile away. Now, um, just generally, I want to say to you that the concept of marrying projects, I, I speak about this in other classes, right? When you marry a project, you've always got to be um, ready. And I always find it a disaster. So now leave this Islam to the side and let me use anecdotal experience. Marrying projects um, requires an incredible level uh, of understanding and tarbiyah and whatever. And 95%, and I'm being generous, right, can't do it. And it ends up in some kind of problem or divorce. So I advise against it. I advise against it. All right? Allah knows best. Um, I know that if you make a mistake in Surah Fatiha and not fixing it, i.e. changing the meaning or letters being left out, then the prayer is invalidated. But what if the mistake was made in reciting a certain Surah of the Qur'an? It doesn't uh, affect the legality of the prayer. And even Fatiha, there's some flexibility. All right, It depends upon the exact nature of the mistake. Right? Um, 
What would you do if a person has realized that they have prayed many times in clothes that reveal the color of the skin only when in sunlight without realizing? Would they need to repeat these prayers? No. They need to make sure that they are wearing clothes that do not show the skin. Uh, now, you don't need to repeat the prayer. Um, kids partake in Xmas, Xmas nativity in primary schools. Are they even doing that? Yeah, and if, this was the greatest year ever for the Muslims. Right? We black that as well. Listen, this is the time. Listen, is it acceptable if the role does not contain anything affecting aqidah or not allowed altogether? In my personal opinion, I don't think it's a major issue. All right? If a person, yeah, if a kid gets involved in that, um, I've always said that there are certain things in school that it's actually quite difficult to avoid. What's actually much better is for a person to be able to do that and your tarbiyah at home be better to show that they'd never have a need to go back to that. That their deen is that much more more fun, more interesting, more play, cartoon, role play, blah, 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 that they don't ever need to let that thing have a lasting effect. I'm only saying that if you can't get out of it and you can't, you know, the headache. My my own uh, method for, for with all of my kids, taqriban, taqriban, I take them completely out of the school during that time, right? Sometimes I'm not able to, sometimes it's a bit difficult, but, you know, that and that, that whole week they do nothing but memorize all those lines. They do absolute squat. They watch a couple of films, this, that, whatever. We'll bring them home. We we'll play around, chill out, we'll go out, blah, blah, blah. But that's that's my personal approach. However, I do not believe that it is uh, haram or you will be in sin if you allow them to do it. Can I confirm that the class position on the hands in Qiyam and standing was that default is above the belly button, correct? But that below the belly button and hang it aside is not masnoon. I don't want to say that it is established sunnah, okay? I want to say that the... Zakala khair mahbub for the link. Um, I want to say that there, there is enough evidence to not yani, be too hung up upon your own position, okay? And my personal opinion is that it's allowed. It is mustahab, not mustahab or sunnah, but it is allowed to pray in the other positions. I do not yani, consider it to be masnoon, right? I have no problem at all in the permissibility of using it to shock the system. Okay? All right. Let's slow down now, folks. Let's just slow down because we're getting too long. I mean, Marina literally is having a heart attack. Yasin says, is traveling to see family permissible at this time, considering the hadith when you hear that the plague is in an area, do not enter that area? And if you happen to be in a land where the plague appeared, do not get out of that place. I think it is permissible according to the rules and according to precautions. I think it is completely permissible. I've recorded the video on Faith IQ that shows that I do not believe that the use of this hadith is applicable. That was, I did that back in then at the beginning. And now that we know everything about the condition, uh, you know, uh, even more so, I, I was right. So it's not a, the plague and it shouldn't be seen. The view of females using male gynecologists is something which is only permissible if there is no other alternative. All right. And they need to try their hardest. And hardest is defined upon the time and context and availability, etc., etc., and how urgent the situation is. Okay. But if it comes to it, then it is permissible due to the need because it's a serious problem. Right. Um, we found two random eggs dipped in blood, tied in rope. Flipping egg, high, hanging from our window. Bloody omen. Omen two. The person who did it said it's for some seasonal reason. 
dry weather does something to their skin and it somehow stops it from happening. Whether there is an actual science behind this, I don't know, but the eggs are making me really uncomfortable and I want them removed. Do I have religious standing in demanding this or should I just keep quiet? Well, if it's true, then there's no religious basis for you to want them to, to insist that they're removed. And you can ask them and say, listen, can you put it in your own room or something? Yani? But if there is some scientific proof, but I mean, you know, uh, what the hell has the blood got to do with it? It doesn't make any sense that. And, you know, obviously do some research and find out what the score is. It sounds like a lot of bugwas to me, but I'm not going to, you know, I like to do my research. Also, someone asked, what is the ruling what a grown woman can wear in front of a mahram? So, Yani, in general, in general, a person, Yani, should have some concept of dignity and self-respect. But, but it, is, it is allowed for a person to show their arms and their hair and, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's technically allowed. You do not need to cover the outline of your body, for example. You would need to cover the skin, but you don't need to, you know, wear big baggy dresses and niqabs and jilbabs and all the rest of it in front of your father or your brother and so on. However, it has always been understood from the culture of the Muslims that we do not wear the clothes that you would wear in front of your wife and husband, okay, in front of your family. Out of adab, not out of uh, shara, yani obligation. Can you drink water or a flavored drink during a prayer if you have a sickness? I, I personally uh, hesitate. I don't think yani, that flavored drinks should be taken. The, 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 the dextrose, glucose, sucrose that's in there, I think is too much closer to food than it is just to water. As for water, it should be very, very minimal amounts and only in an afal prayer. All right, just like the class. Uh, Marina, I consider projects to be those who don't or won't pray and those who don't or won't cook. The former oppresses the soul of the project and the latter oppresses the family to be of the project. There we go. Is the COVID session tomorrow going to be record? Yes, it is, Maysara. What was the printing house for the Athar Sahaba book that you have? Does it have any tahqiq? It has a very basic tahqiq. Okay, so unless you are familiar with hadith, it's not going to be very... Because I know that a lot of kind of folks, they really love books which are, yani, muhaqqaq, uh, but, um, you know, get someone to do the work for them. The truth is, is that, the, the, the you know, that's lazy. I don't like, I don't personally like books like that. Uh, no, the tahqiq is not great. Um, it, it, it mentions the, the sources, so the, 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 and most of it is from the Musannafat, by the way. This book, you could, it could be called Taken from the Musannafat. Obviously, there's more uh, sources. And the house is Darul Kharraz, okay? Darul Kharraz. Masaha min athar sahaba fil fiqh. All right? It's a nice book, interesting book. All right. Um, what was that? Guys, what's going on? Slow down. No more. Off topic, music. Should you meet that part of the program? No, I don't think that the yani, music, which is part and parcel of background, uh, part of thingy, personally, I do not consider that to take the same ruling of music itself as such, per se. Um, black magic and blah blah blah. His opinion says musical instruments are all right to listen to or play, one that can be taken only to listen to classical music, kawalis, spiritual songs, and ashes. Personally, I think it should be avoided. 
it's better to stick to the position of the majority and that, yani, that it is impermissible. That should be avoided. I think that's yani, a safer position. All right, folks. Jazakumullah khair. Um, interesting that at the end that we had a little uh, glitch. But uh, uh, so tomorrow's session is going to be quite an intense one. Tell your folks and friends and people and all the rest of it um, if they want to join in. But the YouTube video is going to be much better if you don't want to watch it on Facebook, okay? Because I know Facebook is pain in the backside. We did a test today. I swear it was so rubbish. The quality was so rubbish, man. Oh, my God. So I don't know. But anyway, it might be thingy. The session tomorrow, man, I'm, I'm worried, man. Pitha, I'm so scared about the session tomorrow because if it goes on for 90 minutes, people are going to die. People are going to die. So I have to try to make it somewhere around. I mean, it will be at least an hour. There's so much. My notes are 24 pages. Let me just make that any clear. <laughs> and that's without me chatting in between and talking in between. So no, no, there won't be no Q&A, nothing. I've taken all the q and I, I got all the questions in the world. Right? So no, I don't think so, Zakaria. When it's an hour and a half and that level of detail... The level that I'm going to go into because it's serious. This is serious stuff. This is my area, man. So, you know, you guys are going to be happy with the detail because you understand that, that, that that's the fiqh. But this is going out on Facebook, man. People TLDR. So in the last two minutes, I'm going to do a version, which is just for them. If, if I can do it in an hour and a half, Sarah, if I can. 8, 8 p.m. UK time. 8 p.m. UK time. All right. It is on Facebook. Set up on my Facebook page. Uh, www.facebook.com Abu Isa Personal is called okay it's my personal Facebook page just type in Abu Isa or just wait for the next day because if you wait for the next day uh, 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 if you wait for um, uh, uh, Friday then on Friday morning inshallah it's going to be it's going to be um, on Friday morning it's going to be the uh, they like the edited version. It will have a little bit of camera kind of behavior going in and this and that. So it's going to be better. I mean, I think so anyway. All right, folks. Zakmullah khair. That was all right. Thank you very much. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruk. Allahumma wa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.